0: One, two,
1: three, four. To be honest, in that moment I thought I will never probably get to go back to work, never mind, open out my own business. But eventually I did start to crawl out of it and I healed myself through food. And so it, I almost like took all these little bits and realized like, oh, this is how I can support my community with my energy. I can create food that is healing me for the masses and, and really support them in their day-to-day lives.
0: I am joined by the wonderful Katie Riddell. She is the owner and founder of the cafe group Kokomo Foods. And before opening the doors to Kokomo's first location in 2017, she spent over 10 years working in marketing and brand strategy, Um, and she became inspired by the accessibility of plant-focused foods when she went traveling. And that's when she started um, Kokomo Foods. So now there's over three locations, and she serves as a brand and business guide to new entrepreneurs, sharing everything she wished she knew when she first opened Kokomo. And if you know me as a listener and I've On my Instagram, I will post often about going to Kokomo. Like I love the hot chocolate, (laughs) the milkshakes, the bowls and the burger, at, at the burgers at kids, like they're so good. And I love the atmosphere and you can really tell it's a beautiful community, even just walking into the, their stores. And also like on social media, there's definitely like a lovely group there. So thank you so much for joining. I'm really excited to dive in and to just learn more about your story. Awesome. Oh, you're so kind. I'm like blushing over here. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> of yeah, course. So you. I'm, I'm curious to know, uh, growing up, have you always had this entrepreneurial yeah. spirit and like what was your childhood like in college years did you kind of know what you wanted to do did you know you wanted to have your own business kind of walk me through that
1: it's funny as soon as you said that I hadn't really thought about it that much but yes like if I was into a craft like beading I would be like my parents would have to like hide my beads from me because I would get obsessive about like creating a bead business and I was like okay if I make if I make X in X amount of hours, then I can make X amount of dollars. Like that's just kind of how I, how I, how I wonder about things. There was no internet back then. So I literally had to like sit outside my um, house, my parents' house (laughs) and try to sell my bracelets. Um, But yeah, I kind of have always like, even when I played tennis, I would only play tennis if I was really going for it. And I thought I was going to be famous and like perfect at tennis. So I don't know. I've just kind of always gone big whenever I've done things. And yeah, I would say there was a point where I thought creativity and business were two different avenues. And there was a point where most people would have thought I was going to go on to like art school um, or something like that, more of an applied arts. And actually when I realized, oh, you can be super creative through problem solving. And just nowadays with business, you know, you are so creative. Like you're, as a small business owner, I'm know, I still have to do all of our Instagram and do all those types of things. So, um, once I realized, oh, I can be creative for this business Avenue, it all kind of started to make sense for me. Um, and I've always, most of my beginning jobs were working with small businesses, helping them get up off the ground. So yeah, I would say so, but to be honest, when I was in high school, the goal is just to get me graduated. I was, Mm -hmm. i barely passed high school. Um it was I I wouldn't even say I passed on my good looks. I think just like I made friends with all the teachers and they really like dragged me through the finish line. But I like if you had met me in high school, you wouldn't think that I would really go on to do anything. So um I think I just needed to like find out what was right for me. And then once I did it all made sense. Totally
0: yeah. So you were in branding and strategy for a long time. You worked at Lululemon. Um, yeah. What was that? experience like and then shifting from you know like a nine to five corporate job to an entrepreneur that's a huge change there um were you scared to leave to just let that stability go yeah
1: oh my gosh like so scared I'm still scared Mm -hmm. of my decision (laughs) um yeah I went to BCAT and took their marketing certificate specializing in communications yeah from there I always I just thought I'd work in an agency and I'd work in you know like traditional branding for the rest of my life. And I really was going about that. And then I was in an agency for a while and I just felt like I was like in a straight jacket. Like I can't explain it. I would like go to the bathroom and just like scream and move my arms around because I was like, Oh my God, I can't deal with like having to be like a certain way and like Mm -hmm. not being wild and crazy and being me. So eventually I ended up applying at Lululemon and getting, that was like my dream business, my dream job. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm so grateful for that. And that kind of like started me on this path of really figuring out like, what else do I want to do in this world? Um, And i got really clear on my goals while I was there. Actually, when I interviewed at Lululemon, I told the hiring manager that I was actually going to quit. (laughs) She hadn't given me the job yet, but I was like, I'm Mm -hmm. going to quit in four years and, or five years. And open up my own business and she was like okay good luck but she ended up mm-hmm. hiring me and four and a half years later I did quit mm-hmm. to open up my own business which is Kokomo um yeah I just I took that leap because I was more scared not to do it
0: mm-hmm. and that
1: is really what drove me and I think still to this day I ask myself what's more scary I think getting real with failure is like really good. Like I tried on, like I put it on, like it's its own uniform and I'm like, okay, this is what it would feel like to fail at this. Are you okay with that? You know, how does that feel? What does that look like in your life? And just like actually wearing failure for a little bit so that when, and if it does happen, you're all good with it, then it's fine. Mm -hmm. And I, I just went through, I was like, okay, the worst thing that could happen, I guess, is I would go bankrupt with Kokomo. Um, and My, you know, no one in my family would die, so nothing else really matters to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So when you when you you knew that you were gonna have your own business at the time, did you know it was going to be like a vegan cafe? Anything to do with foods? Yeah. So when did that idea within those like four and a half years come about that I'm gonna open up a vegan cafe?
1: So I have a stupid amount of energy. I don't drink caffeine. If you see me with caffeine, like, hit it out of my mouth. I (laughs) I should not be drinking caffeine. Mm -hmm. Um, So really. A few things came into play, but I realized I have all this energy and how can I use this to make an actual impact on people's day-to-day lives? And you know, because I was kind of behind the strategy deck and I wasn't necessarily always seeing how it was actually making an impact on this community. So there was that. There was also this piece where I was really connected to our community. I was in brand management at Lululemon. I was like really connected to what people needed, how they were going about their day. That was my whole job, was to solve for these people. So I saw so so much innovation in. Um, you know, with technology, we had our iPhones now. We never needed to go home. We always had our phone by us. You know, you also had clothing that would take you from like workout to daytime to nighttime. And just the way we were working out as well was changing. And I was like, okay, this is all great, but how is food supporting us? Um, so that kind of started to like plant a seed at the back of my head. And at the same time, I got super sick. So so sick, no one knows what happens. Um, but essentially I was like just a little lump on my couch for you know, six months and definitely not in an office for a big portion of that. To be honest, in that moment, I thought I will never probably get to go back to work. Never mind, open up my own business. But eventually I did start to crawl out of it and I healed myself through food. And so I almost like took all these little bits and realized like, oh, this is how I can support my community with my energy. I can create food that is healing me for the masses and, and really support them in their day to day lives.
0: Wow. Yeah. And you touched upon goal setting. I know that you're huge with goals and manifesting yeah. and all that. It's interesting. Cause I, I've asked the question um, to a lot of my guests, like, where do you see yourself in five years? And actually a lot of them are they, their initial responses. Ooh, I don't like that question. The, oh. that, they actually say that. And I'm surprised because I've, I've been asked that question and I love answering so, yeah. so for you, yeah. How did you, cause like, I know a lot, some people aren't goal oriented in terms of like a plan and it seems like you have always been. So how did you kind of figure that out? How did you know how to go per year? Like what, how did you know how to like set up realistic goals per year?
1: Okay. So I think big, and this maybe yeah. is where my creativity comes in, but I remove all obstacles. So money, time, you know, all that crap, I just remove mm-hmm. it. And I'm like, what do I actually want? When I close my eyes, like, what's my dream life? Like, you know, is it li- anything? Like, what is it? And so I get clear on that, and I kind of give that like a, like a seven year, ten year, um, like time frame, and then mm-hmm. I just work back from there. And I'm like, okay what, how much money would I need? Or what type of job would I need? Or what type of passport would I need? Like, who knows? What are all those things? And then, and then I'll kind of break it down and like break it in half. So let's say five years, what would I need by five years to try to get that goal at 10 years? And then actually love getting down to one year. Cause it's kind of like your to-do list. It's like mm-hmm. your real act. I'm, I'm like quite into checking things off. So yes. it's just a nice like check off. And then it's crazy. Like Even when I got that job at Lululemon, I remember one day I was at the agency, probably like feeling like I was in a straitjacket and I wrote down everything I wanted. I wanted to feel more creative. I wanted to feel healthy. I wanted to have more money. I wanted to have a better apartment. I wrote all this down and then I wrote two ways I could go about all those things. And honestly, I lost that piece of paper. I never found it. I I never found it again for a whole year. I ended up moving because I did make make more money and got a better apartment. And I found that piece of paper and I realized I had checked off every single thing on there. And so, you know, there is that power of like just writing down that 10 year or that five year or that one year, even if you like don't scream it from the rooftops and don't like actually go after it. Your body, bought, you just, you're like plugging something in like a little microchip into your body. So it starts to make decisions for you when you're not even realizing it. Um, so yeah, as scary as it is, it is super helpful to just get clear on what you want. Cause so many people, I, again, my biggest fear is, you know, being 70 and looking back and being like, Oh, why did I do any of that? Just like, so that it looked cute on Instagram or so that like my, you know, I did the same thing my friends did. Um, that's just, I never want that. That's my biggest fear in life.
0: Yeah. And yeah, and there's one thing with goals is to, you know, write them out, but also trying to be like held accountable. I don't know for you, you say them publicly on your website, you've had you know yeah. your five, 10 year plan. Yeah. Do you have any advice for, let's say, young entrepreneurs or young grads to holding themselves accountable? Like one thing is writing them, but to actually take those yeah. steps to get further. Yeah.
1: So like I said, the first, the number one thing is to write down, but like you said, or N-I now, <laughs> the, mm-hmm. the actual key to it is to say it out loud and to tell as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. So um, even if you just email one person your list of goals, it's a, it's amazing what will happen. For me, like what I realized is I can't do everything all at once. Like as much as I wish I was like Superwoman, I just don't have that many hands and arms. So by telling a million and one people, that many more people are working for you. Everyone wants the best for you. So even, you know, I told everyone about Pokemon every single human being. And it was someone who I don't even talk to every day called me up. and was like, Hey, I know you're looking for a location for that vision of yours. Um, Someone just called me with this open space in Chinatown. I don't want it. Do you want it? And so I ended up taking the location. So if I hadn't have told her about my goal, I would have never had that opportunity knock on my doorstep. Um, So I definitely think, and I definitely think it's important, but I don't People are nervous that people are going to hold them accountable and that they're going to come knocking and they're going to like, you know, put them in jail and like spread their name all Mm -hmm. over, smear their name everywhere because they didn't meet a goal. No one Mm -hmm. actually cares that much. Mm -hmm. So it's really just coming from a place of love and supporting and people understanding, oh, this is the direction you want to go in so that when they meet someone who's also in that direction, they can connect you or when they see different opportunities. Again, it just really puts like an army out there to work for you.
0: Totally, yeah, and in Vancouver, there's a lot of different vegan cafes, in particular. So, how did you uh, have the initial vision and branding to differentiate yourself from everyone else?
1: Yeah, good question. I don't even know the answer to that. I just kind of did what felt right for me. Okay. Um, at the time, like, no, there were no macro bowls, even like now. You know, everyone like cactus and pretty sure Subway has a macro bowl now. Mm-hmm. And back then I would tell people, Oh, I'm going to like have bowls at my shop. They're like, cool. Like ceramic bowls. Like there was just no concept <laughs> of it. Yeah. Uh, and that's really why I created it. Cause it didn't exist. And I wanted to, to feed that to myself and to my, my people. Um, so I don't know. I didn't think about that as much. Maybe I should have, but I just,
0: You did did a really good job, especially in terms of branding and social, like it's a very distinct look and I feel like it's different from what I've seen. So maybe that's your your background in branding and marketing that you just brought forward.
1: Yeah, I think I just did what felt right. You know, I think also it's not just a food shop for me. Our purpose really is rooted in supporting our community. And we do that through food, yes, but also by creating this really warm, um, safe environment for people and by just connecting. So you'll notice the people who work for us are very good at, like, just getting to know you and just taking that 15 seconds just to hear you, I hope. <laughs> so,
0: yeah.
1: Um, yeah i think that the magic behind it is that we look at it as like a holistic picture versus just like you know greens and dressing and rice
0: yes yes so what about in the like the recipe development in the menu did you have someone to help you out? Or how did you how do you kind of bring like new items like the this weekend, or today, there's the like yeah. Thanksgiving sandwich? So how does that come about?
1: Oh, man, there's so many different ways. But this comes back to my creativity. And I'm obsessed with food and cooking in the mm-hmm. kitchen and just like feeling good about the food I'm putting in me. So that was really the true root of it all. I was the initial menu was basically everything I was using to heal myself when I was sick. I worked with a chef right off the bat. And I kind of, you know, if you've worked in an ad agency or in marketing in general, you, you like have your brand manager and then you work with your creative team and you brief them in on the problem you want to solve. And then they come back and, you know, you go through iterations of of what that concept and, and creative could look like. And that's kind of how I work with my chefs. So I look at like, Hey, what does Vancouver need from us right now? and really brief them in on that and like what are some trends i'm seeing what am i loving what do i definitely want to use what are my mandatories and then they'll come and maybe some ideas like oh i'm feeling like i want a korean bowl or whatever and then they'll come back um with some solves and then we'll kind of go from there so that's like generally how we do it but also like when i was in hawaii i was craving a poke bowl so bad but i couldn't really find a vegan one so when i came home it was like first thing i did was just like gather ingredients to make my own poke bowl mm-hmm. and then we turned that into a special that week that i got back and then I had a chef just kind of fine tune it from there. And now it's on our menu full time. Um, You know, same as the shawarma that started as one of our team members who, again, like had this great idea and we ran it as a special, we tweaked it and then it's full time. So we kind of go about it different ways. This holiday one is, you know, it's kind of yeah, it's come at us from so many different mm-hmm. ways, but the sandwich actually start literally, we went live with it today, but we started it yesterday. So, so we were just in the kitchen mm-hmm. and um, my business partner was like, oh my gosh, this would be so good together. And we put it together and we were like, this is the best thing we've ever had. We need to have the rest of it mm-hmm. for taste this. And so we put it on our menu today and it's really hard operationally. Like, you know, you have to pull in, bring in the proper products and create a, recipe for it for your team and make sure everyone knows how to make it consistent and take photos and do all that stuff um so it's not easy but sometimes it just comes together and we're able to pull it off in 48 hours
0: amazing so you have three locations right now and I'm assuming you want to expand so how do you plan on kind of staying true to the Kokomo brand the hashtag Kokomo state of mind while expanding like you can't be everywhere at once you're only one person so what are you yeah how are you how are you doing that
1: (laughs) honest, I've already learned that because I feel like everyone's like, oh, I never see a Kokomo. I'm like, I'm always at Kokomo. Mm-hmm. But um, it, for me, it's important that we really set our team up. So I do onboarding one-on-one with all of them and really like hand my torch over. I really explain to them like what gets me out of bed each morning, why Kokomo exists, you know, and, and what an honor it is to be in this business and, and supporting our community. So it, it starts with that. Um, and then you know as we continue to grow it's making sure that we hold those operating principles so you know that we have women in leadership that we're mentoring those women that work for us and, and the men everyone that works for us we're so like it's crazy we have like 16 to 25 year olds that work for us and it's like so cool to get to know them at this age and be a part of their story um so i really take take that seriously and supporting them um get their feet off the ground for the rest of their rest of their life <laughs> that's something that so intact but no. you know what i mean Um, Yeah. So that, yeah. So there's a few operating principles that are just non-negotiables for us as we continue to
0: grow. Amazing. So what is your kind of, I know your day-to-day, it seems like you're kind of everywhere running around, but what is your kind of uh, your role? Like you're more of your title apart from being the founder.
1: Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I'm more, I am a big believer in like doing what you do best Mm -hmm. and doing that and, um, and then outsourcing the rest. So, I'm more like creative, social, marketing, um, kind of guest experience, that kind of thing.
0: Um,
1: and then my business partner is more like operations and more about finance and, and things like that. So we kind of split our time that way. Um, but all of us are all at the stores all the time. And your day just—you never know what your day is going to look like. Like this morning, I thought, oh yeah, I'm going to get up and I'm going to go to Edgemont. I'm going to shoot all this content. It's going to be great. And then I'm going to have the afternoon to do this podcast. Well that isn't what happened. I like mm-hmm. went there had like a half an hour to shoot everything. Um, and then I needed to go and then, you know, someone called in sick. So the special selling out so much, we need to go get all this new product. I had to go pick up a bunch of random potatoes that were like literally 30 pounds carrying them across mm-hmm. the city. And then I had to work on the floor during lunch at lunch rush. Um, and then I just ran here to have this meeting with you. So mm-hmm. you just never really know. Um, but yeah, it keeps it fun, mm-hmm. and yeah, I'm kind of. I try. I'm usually like at two out of three of the locations each day. It, it honestly is different each day. It adds some
0: Yes, yes. Um, and I'm wondering before I usually like to do like rapid fire questions at the end. Love, it. and I would love yeah. yes. Um, so I we don't can want get to
1: be over. I can't believe it's no, over already.
0: No, not at all. But I have one last question before we get <laughs> yeah. into rapid fire because okay. we love goal settings. Goal setting. So let me. Yeah. Could you just? Walk me through the next five years of Kokomo, if you can. Oh, of
1: Kokomo, yes. Well, we are going to launch a new website, which will have e capabilities where everyone can shop all of our grocery products. We will have new packaging um, across all of our products, and we'll have a whole new line that we're about to launch. Um, so that's very exciting. We're really going to go after grocery in a big way. So in um, the next year, you will, part of my goal setting techniques here, speak in affirmative language, you will be able to shop us at any of your local grocer, which is very exciting to have wow. Kokomo in your
0: kitchen.
1: Yes. yes. Um, which is great. And and then further from that, you know, our, our goal is really to grow across Canada in the next five years here mm-hmm. to really build it as if we're going to sell it, but then loving it so much that we choose to keep it. It's really our motto.
0: Amazing. Amazing. I can't wait to see it in stores. Like it, Kokomo everywhere. That is, that's amazing. Yeah. That's
1: I know. Amazing. Isn't
0: it? Yes. yes. Okay. We can get into some rapid fire questions. Okay. We'll start off easy. I mean, I hope. So the first one, what is your favorite Kokomo meal? You can only pick one.
1: lots noodles. I just finished swallowing them.
0: They're so good. So good. So good. I, so good. I really, noodles. yeah, like it. Okay. If you could, Invent any meal on the menu, and you didn't have to like get anyone's approval. Like today, what would it be?
1: Oh, I like building. I already mentioned it. I mm-hmm. love building like curry. I like making kimchi, mm-hmm. and I like Korean kind of spicy flavors. So probably, I'm sure we'll see it as a special in the next few months here, but some sort of a Korean bowl.
0: Love that. Okay. Um, what is your ideal morning routine?
1: Oh my gosh. I just got back from a month away. So I have zero routine right now. Um, but ideally actually, do you, can I just tell you what my routine is lately? Since please, we're back, we've been back, we've jet lag. So we wake up, I make Chris of coffee, we eat like warm oatmeal because it's so cold here compared to (laughs) Italy and we watch like we have so much pvr like big brother and Real Housewives and blow deck Mm -hmm. and we pick an episode and we sit there and we watch it all curled up on the couch (laughs) every single morning like on weekdays it's so but it's the best start Mm -hmm. to the day it's like such a cozy grounding start even though like it's women screaming at each other but
0: I love (laughs) it amazing amazing um If your life was a movie, what genre would it be? And who would you like to play you?
1: Comedy and Cameron Diaz.
0: Good one. I see that. Do you get that a lot? <laughs> I see it. I see it. Uh,
1: back, maybe back in the day when I was, yeah, maybe a little bit back in the day.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what is your favorite? I like travel that fresh- sp- Yeah. What is your favorite travel spot?
1: Oh, 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 oh. I just got back from San Rafael, which is south of France. And we stayed at La Rouge's Roche's or La Roche's Rouge's. Don't remember. Um, I wouldn't highly recommend it. We did our honeymoon there. It is the art of the hotel is, was lost on me. I think for a while, Mm -hmm. just because Airbnb Mm -hmm. was so easy and so fun and all these things, but to stay at a hotel and like have someone like beg to take your bags for you and to bring you drinks by the pool, like that and to clean your room every day like that is what i'm about and it was amazing it was such a dream that's so amazing south of france down there and then mm-hmm. honestly if if i can go to maui once a year that's a really happy creative beautiful place for me to be
0: yes yes i can agree um what is your biggest pet peeve
1: oh inefficiency like even down to mm-hmm. like when i drop things it's so annoying that i have to stop and pick it up like that's so annoying <laughs> i hate ineff- i hate when things are inefficient. Yes. I'm a bit of a psycho about it and most people hate me for it, but that's a
0: pet peeve. Yeah, fair enough. Um what is uh one thing that most people don't know about you?
1: Um uh I lived in Singapore and I spoke Mandarin when I was younger.
0: Wow. That's impressive. Yes. That's Do you still speak it a bit or not No, I
1: well. I I can like speak to people sometimes in Chinatown, but even though they speak Cantonese, they they mm-hmm. teach me like cause I lo- know a little bit of Mandarin. They, a lot of the elders in Chinatown have like started to teach me Cantonese, which is so sweet. Um, no, I don't, I can like literally say, how are you and mm-hmm. how to
0: order like white rice. But, mm-hmm. yeah. That's the essentials. You just just need <laughs> to order white rice. <laughs> yeah. <this> um, is- <laughs> yes. And last question, who are the three most influential people in your life?
1: Oh my goodness.
0: You can group really them together good- if you want.
1: Oh, who are the most influential people? I don't know if I can even answer this right now. There's so many people, but I also feel like I've had a month off of just like not thinking about anyone else except for like me and Chris. So um, definitely my parents. Um, Definitely like all the women I worked with at Lululemon. There's so many people that I look up to from a business perspective locally here or just abroad that I'm so grateful for the internet because I can just like, creep them and feel like Mm I can learn how to live their lives from afar Um,
0: those are my groups yes that's a great answer that's good you're including everyone which is good yeah totally (laughs) super inclusive love it yeah well thank (laughs) you so much it was so lovely getting to know more about you as I said I'm a huge fan of Kokomo I'm walking distance so if you guys know me I'm gonna be there a lot Um, especially that sandwich. I need to go today. So thank you so much for coming. Oh my gosh. Let me know
1: what you think. And it's been so nice. I just want to hang out with you. It's so easy and so nice to be on this podcast with you. Thank you so much for having me.